I often find myself asking whether we are making our work relevant to today's world. Like for example, women we often show in our works don't reflect the women that we actually see around uh, us today. Namaste and welcome to Indian Artpreneur. Before we begin today's episode, I would like to recite this shloka. Acharyat padam adatte padam shishya swamedhaya padam sab brahmacharibhya padam kalakramenacha. A part of the learning comes from our teacher, our guru. Part of it comes from studying and practicing. Part of it comes from the discussions with our classmates. A part of it comes in course of time. On today's episode, we have a wonderful dancer, Surabhi Bharadwaj, who will be sharing her experiences about learning. So let's begin. Surabhi, welcome to Indian Artpreneur. Thank you. So my first question to you um, is that you state on your website uh, that I quote, being an Indian classical dancer, it's my responsibility and my ardent desire to uphold traditional art, seeking inspiration from its roots and propagate it with contemporary ideas and approach. I have seen hand few dancers stating their mission so clearly. So could you tell us how and when you got such clarity? After I got married and I moved to the US, uh, leaving everything that I had in India behind, I had to start fresh. So during one of the walks with my husband, we were discussing the different opportunities I can create for myself in this new land, both for performances and to teach. So he asked me why I dance and why I feel the need to share what I do. Uh, this conversation went on for a while and by the end of it, I had more clarity about myself and my relation with dance. So what came organically from that conversation, I noted it down because it always helps to go back and read um, read it when I'm in doubt about my choices or if I'm, if my path is not clear. Also, stating what I feel about my art helps build a deeper connection with my audience. That's why I decided to make this as my artistic statement and put it up on my website. Oh, that is so amazing. <laughs> my uh, my second question actually is also linked to that statement. Uh, when you say seeking inspiration from its roots, uh, what kind of reference do you have to get there? Uh, how do you go about it? Our art form has a deep-rooted history and culture, but it is also evolving. My references to dig deep and understand the roots are the compositions that we work on, whether it is on mythological characters or events, or uh, compositions that propagate philosophical thoughts. So as I try to understand all of these, I try to ask a lot of questions and try to relate to it and have my own perspective on it. Um, I feel it's very important to be able to connect with and believe 100% on what we present. If I cannot mm -hmm. convince myself, uh, how will I be able to convince or make the audience believe me? So when I say I take inspiration from the roots and propagate it with contemporary ideas and approach, 
it means that i take what is passed on from generations and share my understanding of it and how i relate to it oh, that's that's amazing uh it a lot i mean i don't see a lot of people doing this that is amazing sort of be that's that's really great um i mean like just looking at that quote i the first thing i was uh, you know uh, got inspired by you i mean when i saw that quote on your uh, website i was i was just like oh my god this is so beautiful like how did you get so much clarity so i re- i was intrigued <laughs> so that's why the first two questions um and also like further looking into your profile you did a bachelor's degree in biotechnology and an advanced diploma in genetic engineering and later mfa in bharatanatyam and recently mfa in dance design and production <laughs> that's that's so much studying and uh, so many different uh, you know directions so could you tell us about uh, why you went from engineering to do mfa and uh, how was this path uh, how has this path benefited you well biotech seems like it's from another lifetime now <laughs> uh, i was young just moved to bangalore from a village so i got a good amount of life lessons during my bachelor's degree uh the path f- from biotech towards dancing full time was gradual almost all the professional dancers i know say that they always knew that they wanted to dance uh, full time but somehow i never thought i'd take it up as my profession um <laughs> but i always loved dancing and i knew i would continue to dance but i didn't think that it would be my career until 2012 I in fact even had written my GRE exam and I was all set to do my masters in biotech but ended up doing masters in bharatanatyam what triggered you to go from GRE in uh, to uh, to do a masters in biotechnology to MFA in bharatanatyam I actually wasn't exposed to the dance circle that well so th- there's a phrase in Kannada bavi kappe which means a frog in a well that doesn't know the outside world i was actually like that so i didn't know any artists other than my dance teacher i wasn't exposed to bharatanatyam performances outside of my dance school so after graduating from my bachelor's degree i started coming out of this well and got introduced to this beautiful art world i think it was around 2011 end of 2011 that nirupama rajendra ma'am had organized a workshop by dr padma subramaniam which i attended and in fact that was my first workshop ever so paduaka taught us a small dance choreography which included some of the charis and karana movements and i was in love with it and i wanted to learn more paduaka then mentioned about uh, the masters program that she was conducting in chennai i was thrilled and i went to audition for the course since this was a, a correspondence course i thought i could do both masters in biotech as well as masters in bharatanatyam <laughs> um Around the same time I got my first professional dancing opportunity with Radha Kalpa Dance Company directed by Rukmini Vijay Kumar. Uh this was for the production Nayani which was scheduled to tour 10 cities across the US. By then I had realized that dance is what I want to do full time and I took every opportunity that came my way. Obviously biotech gradually took a back seat. Since then I've met and worked with some amazing artists including Parshvanath Upadhyay who made me one of the principal dancers in his company Punya Dance Company and that for me was a life changing experience and rest is history that's how amazing uh now that uh, you have obtained these degrees um 
who should be doing these courses uh, i mean do you do these degrees help in some way for like a dancer okay if the question is do these degrees help a dancer get more performances then maybe not these degrees mm-hmm. do make an artist more informed it can prepare one for critical thinking it can it can be a stairway towards academic research uh it can also broaden uh the career path for an artist staying within that field so if a dancer wants any of these then these degrees are for them personally i did not approach any of these to earn degrees it happened very organically i did my masters in bharatanatyam because i was really intrigued by paduaka's dancing style um i wanted to learn more about her research and of course i wanted to uh, broaden my knowledge in bharatanatyam so that's why i did my masters in bharatanatyam and later when i moved to the us i came across this course mfa in dance design and production which was specifically designed for dancers to uh learn about all the skills required to create a production uh all the uh, aspects of aharya abhinaya as well as uh, ma- the management skills which is very much needed to uh create work mm-hmm. and i was really interested to uh my sharpen my skills and broaden my knowledge so i enrolled into another masters course uh but each of these degrees has uh, helped me grow as an artist and as the person i am today so i value all the experiences a lot um like you said that uh, you have uh, experienced so much and uh, you spoke about how uh, biotechnology took a back seat so did you have uh, you know as a performing artist what were the different dilemmas that you went through and uh, how did you overcome it like did you have a dilemma like becoming a scientist in life science company or being a dancer like what was running in your head um i wouldn't say i had a dilemma or confusion to choose between biotech and bharatanatyam the reason i say this is because the transition from me pursuing biotech a subject that i also liked uh to me becoming a full time dancer was really slow and organic so even when i enrolled to do my mfa in bharatanatyam i assumed i'd pursue my biotech dreams as well for a long time i kept telling myself let me enjoy this phase of dancing all the time um mm-hmm. <laughs> and get back to biotech at a later point but i understood how demanding dancing professionally can be investing the time to train the body and the mind uh working on the abhinaya skills and practicing and practicing and practicing it takes a lot to make it in this profession i know a lot of people who ha- dance as well as manage another career mm-hmm. i don't know how they do it but uh, i found dance itself to be very demanding and i decided uh this is what i'm going to do full time now when i look back at it i'm glad that i made this choice i do sometimes wish that i had worked in a corporate environment before taking up dance just to gain that experience but i definitely would not trade dance for anything now around 5 um, years back you acted in a short film uh, mafinama did you ever consider a career in acting 
<laughs> I, I actually am a terrible actress. I don't know how I got that oh. opportunity. <laughs> I I definitely don't believe that because you're such a beautiful dancer and you emote so well. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the problem. Like, really? Yeah, because uh, acting and um, dance abhinaya is very different. That's I mean that was the first oh. thing that I did, Mafi Nama. and that's when i realized i thought i could do this oh wow abhinaya i can do and i of course i can do acting i went there and i realized we exaggerate as dancers we have to exaggerate as dancers uh, to you know reach the audience performing on stage right but we have to cut it down so much when we are acting for in front of a camera because it's different it has to be natural and I was overacting so much and the director had to remind me to tone it down. But yeah, it was a wonderful experience and I'd love to do more acting work. But I think I won't be doing justice to it if I don't spend that time working on the skills required to pursue a career in acting. Like any other art form acting too requires that dedication, practice, perseverance and commitment which I haven't given so far and I think I better remain a dancer for now. Now when you're dealing with so many things, uh who who were your important support system like uh was it your parents, husband, uh what would you say? Yes, my parents have been the biggest support from the beginning. Uh they were the ones who introduced me to Bharatanatyam and they made sure that I didn't miss any opportunity that came my way. uh they supported me even when i told them i wanted to take dance full time in fact they have never missed any of my performances and have made sure to travel the distance if needed they continue to be my pillars of strength um after i got married my husband has been my backbone he actually is my biggest critique and uh my biggest motivator just a conversation with him during our walks brings clarity in my thoughts and he has stood by me and yeah, made yeah. sure that my practice and work doesn't get compromised even as i take this journey as a new mother it's not just my husband my parents in law are equally in- invested in what i do and i thank my lucky stars every day for bringing me into this family that, that yeah true well said that is so important for especially uh, and you moved to us right and uh, how was it like there so did you have to create your start from scratch or did you know already someone i definitely had to build my career from scratch after moving to the us although i do have a lot of family members living where i live and that's a blessing the initial few months after i moved to the us i didn't have work permit so i couldn't work but one of the best things that my husband did was the day we landed in the US um he took me to a YMCA in San Francisco he made me a member there so that YMCA has a gym swimming pool um studios i could attend classes and when the studio was free i was i could practice dance so that was a blessing for me At the YMCA I saw a diverse group of people coming in to get their workout and when I used to practice in the studio a lot of them would stop and uh ask about the dance form that I was doing 
then I thought why not introduce the art forms that I know to this diverse crowd that I see every day. So I created this program called Yokayam which is a combination of yoga, Kalari Payattu which is Indian martial arts and Bharatanatyam. I made this as a strengthening program that anybody with no prior background um, could try it and experience it. So if not anything, they will at least learn to appreciate the forms. So that was my goal and uh, I volunteered to teach this program at the YMCA for close to a year and I had so many people from diverse background uh, come and attend this class and learn about the art forms that I was teaching. Later, I got the opportunity to teach this program at St. Mary's College of California and University of Nevada to a group of non-Indian students uh, and I even made them perform at the end of the course uh, and they were thrilled to wear the costume and perform an Indian dance sequence that they had learned. This was my way of connecting with a global crowd uh, through the art forms that I practice. Of course, I also reached out to the Indian dance community in the Bay Area and I've been collaborating with several artists here. And for the past five years, I've uh, also been teaching at my institute, Siddhi Dance Academy. It has been challenging uh, since I've moved to the US because there's a new land and I had to start everything from scratch. But, but I'm glad that I came out of my comfort zone because so far this has been an enriching experience. Um. So could you talk about uh, your production Ashrutam? Uh, how did you go applying the knowledge of uh, that knowledge that you obtained from MFA in dance and design uh, dance design and production? Sorry. Ashrutam was my debut production and the idea to create this work ha- came during my master's program. This was like a true test of my learning from this course. So the MFA in dance design and production, it it was uh, a hands-on program that introduced me to the full nine yards of creating a dance production. It taught me the skills to collaborate, introduced me to design, lighting, scenery, costumes. Um, It taught me management skills, marketing, fundraising and so on. Having a basic knowledge in all of these was the only reason I was able to execute Ashutam in that grandeur wearing multiple hats. While it took me close to three years from the inception of Ashutam till its premiere, the actual production work of the event itself began about seven to eight months before the premiere date. Uh, I brought together a production team. I called it the Tiger Team with whom we had like weekly calls on Zoom to plan the event. Uh, These meetings covered the financial planning, marketing, logistics, and it made sure to address every minute detail, anticipating and being prepared for the worst situations. Uh, In the three years of uh, working on Ashrutam, I collaborated with musicians, lyricists, set designer, lighting designer, costume designer, stage manager, dancers, actors, playwriter, graphic designer. All these collaborations weren't a last-minute contribution. We worked together for months, creating several drafts, sharing ideas, and reworking on them several times to get the desired outcome. 
although although my main area of focus was lighting design during my masters i chose to collaborate with a different designer uh, for the premiere just to avoid the added stress but uh, the most important lesson i take from my masters course is the language of collaboration i think that's going to take me a long way with a total of four shows at 93% capacity ashutam was well received by the audience but uh, the reason why i chose to present this work on hereditary artists is to acknowledge that i'm part of a tainted history that has appropriated their art form i felt the need to talk about the oppression that this community has been through and which continues even today but uh, now i don't feel like i should present ashutam again at least the way it is right now because it still has my voice not the hereditary artist uh there has been quite a lot of dialogue in the recent past in the last one year about the hereditary artists um by the uh, artists from that community itself as well as few scholars who have worked with the hereditary artists and it is important for me and for everyone else to hear out what these artists have to say you said that you focus mainly on uh, lighting and uh, i wanted to know do you uh, do your own lighting cues and everything right now for your shows yes but it's always tricky to wear multiple hats during my masters i did lighting for several modern dance and ballet dance performances mm-hmm. outside of college i took up indian classical dance lighting gigs the approach to lighting each of these forms is very different since modern dance lighting is more about highlighting the sculptural quality of the dancer whereas in indian classical dance since it involves facial expressions the lighting has to highlight both sculptural quality as well as the facial features of a dancer it's like a blend of theater mm-hmm. and dance lighting lighting design actually involves a lot of prep work well before we go into the theater space um it starts by understanding the choreographer's intent the arc of the work that is the emotional highs and lows uh-huh. research um on the subject of the dance has to be done uh creating the script for lighting selecting the gel colors and the texture writing cues after watching multiple rehearsals um checking the inventory of the theater and making sure we have all the fixtures and necessary gels or gobos needed creating the lighting plot uh a lot of paperwork is involved so all of this has to be done well before we go into the theater space and then once we go into the theater space the first thing that needs to be done is hang uh the lights according to the lighting plot and then focus them then program all the cues in onto the board uh then do a cue to cue check uh just to make sure that uh we have all the cues set and it uh works well with the oh. dancers positions and everything then we have, do a tech run most of the time it doesn't involve uh, the dancers wearing costume but um it's more about uh making sure the sound the lighting everything is um uh 
flowing smoothly uh, throughout the dance and then a the full dress rehearsal which is very important because it's important Correct. to see how the light colors the skin or the costume Mm, but it's very rare that uh, indian classical dancers budget the time to do all of these in the theater space so considering all that is involved with lighting um i do pick and choose when i should wear a hat yeah. as the lighting designer when i'm dancing and when i should just focus on the dance and i also feel that uh, meddling with the colors right because there are so many uh, colors that come on your palette and uh, like you said uh, putting up your ideas and merging those colors on stage consumes time and all you have is that previous day when they give you that stage for stage rehearsal right correct there are so many shades of colors each giving different emotions and how the lighting can make you feel depends on the shade and the hue of the color the intensity and the texture of the lights and also the timing of the fade in and out so every little detail makes a huge difference in how the audience perceive what they see like how a dance has thai bhava and vyabhichari bhavas the same way uh, it's important to make sure that the lighting highlights and maintains okay. the thai bhava of uh, the dance while supporting all the passing emotions so yes it becomes very hard if um, the organizer or the dancer budgets less time uh, for tech hmm. uh, because it it is very important to uh, i mean even though we select all the colors and plan everything beforehand when we go yeah. it's only when we go to the theater space that we can actually see with our eyes uh, if what mm-hmm. we thought uh, the ideas we had is actually coming through or not and we also should be ready with backup plans okay. so in case something doesn't work what do we do in order to get that look and feel that we um, have in mind So uh, I wanted to know how you design your classes imbibing all three Bharatanatyam yoga and kalari As I mentioned earlier I started this program called Yokayam which is a combination of yoga kalari payattu and bharatanatyam with an intention of introducing these art forms to a global audience keeping in mind that those who attend this class may not have any prior background in any of these art forms i the basic structure i've kept it very simple uh, so that anybody who wants to learn or attend this are able to grasp uh, or take away from this class uh, but at the same time i i keep it fluid and depending on where i teach this class whether it's for a group of dancers or for young kids or for adults working in a tech company depending on where i teach i tweak the program here and there and cater it to um the group that i'm teaching the goal of the program also changes uh, slightly depending on who i'm teaching it to um so for example when i started it at ymca the goal was to introduce the art forms to more and more people in the form of a workout and when i taught it at uh university of nevada or st mary's college it was more of a cultural learning experience and when i teach this to indian classical dancers during workshops or even at my school the focus becomes to 
build strength, flexibility, stamina, balance. Um, yeah, so I cater this program according to who is attending the class. Now, as much as we are working towards a passion life, calls for certain priorities. So I, how, how did you manage uh, dancing during pregnancy? <laughs> this was my first pregnancy, so I had no experience uh, about what to expect. I did uh, read up about dancing, working out during pregnancy, though, and I did find a lot of inspiration. I wanted to dance as long as I could, uh, that was for sure. And I read up about what was uh, okay to do, what was not. And I, I constantly took advice from my doctor uh, and made sure that I, what the things that I'm doing is okay uh, and what I shouldn't be doing. So I had that advice and I also had a wonderful group of dancers in the Bay Area who I used to regularly connect uh, during the lockdown and we we danced together. Uh, some of them um, were like pregnancy buddies. So we all danced together, motivating each other and sharing our pregnancy journeys at the same time. Also during the lockdown, I've been taking classes from Maven Anna, um, online classes. Honestly, all credit goes to him because I don't think I would have been able to dance until the day before I gave birth, if not for his classes. And actually, I was in my best mood when I stayed active, doing all the things that I loved, uh, including dance, teaching, yoga, going on walks. And the days that I wasn't active, I felt miserable. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely dancing kept me sane, especially during the lockdown. And I'm glad I was able to do this. But at the same time, I'm not advocating anything. This is what I experienced but I feel everyone should listen to what their doctors say. And and even what I followed is, uh, I, I did only the things that I felt comfortable doing. And the most important thing for me was the baby's safety. And I made sure that I consulted with my doctor with whatever I was doing. Uh, if there is one challenge in dance field that is worth badly addressing, what is that? Well, I think it's inclusivity. I feel that our Indian dance community can be more inclusive with respect to the content and inclusivity also uh, for the performers. I don't think everyone in India have equal opportunity to learn and succeed in the classical arts without having to face caste or gender-based discriminations. Also, inclusivity in the content, uh, I think there is scope in it because... I often find myself asking whether we are making our work relevant to today's world. Like, for example, women we often show in our works don't reflect the women that we actually see around uh, us today. We generally associate beauty or motherhood or the ideal wife, the pativrata, as seen by the society as traits of women. But uh, what about the stories of women's valor? The only way we show that is by showing her as a goddess, Durga. Uh, but but what about the common women? Can, can they not be strong? Also, what attempts are we making to connect with the transgender community? Why don't we show a man yearning for love or a father's vatsalya more often? 
the content we present is very much catered to a particular religion or caste more than the other in fact recently in a talk organized by ucla a scholar davesh soneji uh, mentioned about the tamil christian and tamil islamic padams and kirtanas that have been erased in the history of carnatic music apparently some of the tamil islamic kirtanas are from the 1800s which is the same time as tyagaraja but we don't hear about them in the history of kirtana genres so yeah there is a lot of scope for inclusivity in the content we present and uh, the way we connect with people around us with our art and as artists we have to take the first step of being more inclusive being more open and accepting of new work and new ideas in the art world and uh, connect with the audience there's a lot of influence of islam in kathak which we do address in terms of salami ki gat or uh, taranas things like that but i i didn't know it was also present in the other art forms so that that is very interesting one advice you cannot forget and why one advice i cannot forget hmm okay um i follow a singer on instagram and she had recently posted um about her uncle who taught her some really important life lessons and that really struck a chord with me and i took a screenshot of it because i thought this is something that uh i my daughter my husband we all have to live by and i'm going to share that today um so one never give up trying two love without expectations three forgive without expectations four have fun and enjoy life five read read a lot of books six always help others in need seven family is number one eight be an explorer nine love and respect yourself and others 10 friends are family you choose so choose them wisely 11 be spontaneous and 12 the ability to make light of any situation what would you tell an artist who is in a similar path towards art as you um never stop learning because um that's the only thing that will keep you grounded uh and that's the only thing that will help you grow so yeah so never stop learning and learn from everyone learn from your students learn from uh your gurus learn from watching the performances learn from everyday experiences just keep learning so that's the best thing that you can do for yourself and that's the best thing that you can do for the for the art that's that's the end of the interview and um, thank you so much for uh willing to agree to uh interview and be part of uh, indian artpreneur it was wonderful talking to you thank you so much so hope you enjoyed this episode for further updates you can follow us on instagram or our facebook page kalatapasya or visit our website kalatapasya.com